is a sign of weakness for some that they fall into. Or for others, it just really outlines who they are, everything they do every day. I believe being made in the image of God, that compassion is built within us. And I also believe it is something we can learn and develop. As a kid, I don't actually remember a whole lot of my childhood, just one of those things, just certain things stick that um, I remember really vividly. And um, I'd like to think that I was considerate of people all the time as I was growing up, but I'm sure that wasn't the case. I know I would have um, been not a great friend at times, and I probably got sucked into the crowd and dragged along with not caring for people at times. But uh, one particular case which I do remember, um, and it's really stuck with me, and it's part of my testimony, is um, a friend mentioned to me one time, and I don't remember the exact words, but it was in relation to how I treat women. And it, um, it's just stuck with me on my whole life. And I know it's not an excuse, but I grew up in a house, three boys. Um, we didn't have multiple girlfriends, you know, coming around, checking, <laughs> going to the house each week. We were, we were just boys. So I know that's no excuse, but it was something that I had to develop to be able to relate to women, to girls, to females in a way. And I can tell you guys, it is a major asset when you learn and develop that and the better to do it sooner than later. So do you, do I, do we have that eye, that heart for others, not just others, but for God's world as a whole? Recognising that situation where another person may be struggling, may be hurting or targeted in need of our help, needing that sympathy, that compassion, showing that characteristic of God. Compassion is a character trait that can be seen through many of other attributes that God has shown us too. I believe I see compassion in his mercy, in grace, in forgiveness, in patience, kindness, understanding, love. Not only that, in us, in our manners, how we are, are respectful to others and in so many more things. But one moment I believe where I see God's compassion is a few thousand years ago, back in Genesis, where God speaks with Abraham in the lead up to the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. See, Abraham knew his nephew Lot and his family were living in that region. And so he brings his request straight to God. Abraham approached him and said, will you sweep away both the righteous and the wicked? Suppose you find 50 righteous people living there in the city. Will you still sweep it away and not spare it for their sakes? Surely you wouldn't do such a thing. Destroying the righteous along with the wicked? Why? You would be treating the righteous and the wicked exactly the same. Surely you wouldn't do that. Should not the judge of all the earth do what is right? And the Lord replied, If I find 50 righteous people in Sodom, I will spare the entire city for their sake. Then Abraham spoke again, Since I have begun, let me speak further to my Lord. Even though I am but dust and ashes, Suppose there are only 45 righteous people rather than 50. Will you still destroy the whole city for the lack of five? And the Lord said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 righteous people there. So Abraham pressed on further. Suppose there are only 40. And the Lord said, no, I will not destroy them for 40. And, he, and Abraham continued, please don't be angry, my Lord. Let me speak. Suppose there are only 30 righteous people there. And the Lord said, no, not even for 30. So Abraham continued, since I have dared to speak to the Lord, let me continue. Suppose there are only 20. And the Lord said, no, not for 20. 
Finally, Abraham said, Lord, please don't be angry with me if I speak one more time. Suppose there are only 10 found there. And the Lord replied, then I will not destroy it for the sake of them, the sake of those 10. God had compassion for Abraham and for the righteous living in the city. Abraham also showed his compassion for those righteous people. And we read on, and God sent angels to rescue Lot and his family before he burned the cities to the ground. So compassion can be learned just like everything else. We choose to make it a part of our character. It's not a secret that there is an immense responsibility on parents to teach their children. We need to be careful to keep ourselves as parents in our responses to situation, but not only parents, anyone who has an influence on children at any time. When we witness something, when we visually see something, when we listen to it, making sure that we are aware that those young ears can hear what we say, that we are compassionate in our response. So a little example, um, a baby crying. Our initial reaction is generally comfort. Well, I hope it is when we hear a baby cry. Um, It may be something that there may be something wrong. You know, if a baby wants our attention, there's something going on. Though if it continues after a couple of hours or so, we may start to change that to irritation and um, hope not, but it probably relates in a little bit of uh, frustration and hopefully not aggression. But um, though that is how a baby communicates with us. It tells us their need, so we are compassionate to that cry. And every parent has different methods, and these methods can change to suit each child. I know our three were all different than um, how we had to um, be parents to them when they were young. Um, so I remember at night when we'd put ours down to sleep. Initially, you know, if you put them down to sleep when they're so young and they, every little noise, you go, oh, what's going on? You know, we go in and check and make sure that, um, or even if you didn't hear them for a while, you go, there's got to be something wrong, and you go in and check that they're still breathing and that's all okay. But um, the crying, when they were crying, um, you, you got to know the different cries, whether what they were responding to and if it was just them sort of talking to themselves in a way rather than have to go in. But um, sometimes even if there wasn't a problem, they just wanted to cry because they learned, oh, if I make a noise, I know mum and dad are going to come into me. That's how it works. And because they're not silly, they work it out pretty quickly. So they just wanted the comfort of mum and dad. And when we started to do that, so we'd put them down and then we thought, no, we, we can't just go in every time. So we let them cry, let them cry a little bit longer and then go in to see and then to try and teach them to say, no, you can sleep without having us hold you all the time till you go to sleep because this is not working, okay? We just, we just need to sit down for a while. So um, we did that and we got to understand they learned that they could go to sleep without being held, that they didn't have to have someone there. Not that we weren't compassionate to the cry and the noise they were making, just that they were okay. They knew they were loved and they could still go to sleep without that, um, without having to be held. And so situations where... Um, as they're getting older, where their grades, maybe they weren't getting the grade they expected or a sporting event they didn't place where they thought they would or any other competition at school that um, they didn't get the grade they were thoughting. We shouldn't get upset with them that they didn't achieve the mark that even we thought they might have gotten. Um, We are to be compassionate 
to let them know in their disappointment that someone is there to comfort, support and listen, to encourage and help restore them back to a sound position. And we don't have to look far in all of the Gospels to see Jesus' compassion, his compassion for the sick, for the lame, for the leper, the poor, the widow, the blind, the deaf, those who were mourning for the death of a friend or the death of a child, for a thief in his last moments on a cross, some soldiers who helped kill him. He had compassion for them all. And I just want to, one, we take a look in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, verse 13. Um, so Jesus and the disciples, they were just chilling out, chatting, chewing the fat. They probably had a double bacon cheeseburger and a Gus's coffee or something like that while they were just hanging. And um, they look up and Jesus looks up and he recognises a funeral procession, procession coming down the road. And um, not only that, Jesus knew that it was a widow's only son had died. So verse 13, when the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry. And I'm thinking, initially, you know, she's lost her only son. And someone comes up to you and says, don't cry. It's like, what do you mean, don't cry? I just, I don't know if I'd say that. Anyway, but I'm not Jesus. Anyway, don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to her. He walked over to the coffin and touched it. The bearer stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. And the dead boy sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother, just an ultimate act of compassion. And in these moments, we read of the miraculous power of Jesus as he brought care and restoration in each moment. When we show compassion with the heart of Jesus, he can allow miracles to happen. We look at the compassion organisation as the standstill sits down the back there. I'm sure many of those sponsored children and their families, they say it's probably a miracle how they now have access to health, education, ways to generate income to support their own families and their communities. I'm sure we can all agree that people can be cruel at times. And I do remember and I witnessed times and kids can be cruel at school. Teenage children, younger children, it can be a cruel world at times. So just to share a moment um, that I was able to witness years ago, about eight years ago it was, we were at um, a friend's birthday party, it was for their, for their son. He was around about 11 at the time. And um, so good friends of the family. Our whole family was there with some other families and other children. And um, there was one boy there who it became apparent that he was under a bit of, um, he was getting picked on in a way. He was getting pushed aside, left out of things. He may have had a few learning issues, a bit of um, yeah, how to deal with people, struggling a bit, but it was, it was, um, yeah, we were just keeping an eye on it. And so it came to a situation where he, he was standing here and all the other boys were standing over here. So I started to make my way over to that and I saw it. And then next thing I see another boy and a girl, sorry, it's personal, stand beside this boy. Well, there's all these guys going at him. He's standing there. And I see my son. And I see, many of you know Danae Esterhausen, I see my son and this girl standing beside this boy who's copping it and they're standing on his side. So myself and the father of the boy whose birthday it was, um, we sort of come over and we sorted things out. But the compassion they were able to show at that time for someone who was suffering, he could not help himself at that time. 
it just, it just, um, it was touching. But just to know that in that, I know God was working in that because God had been a part of their lives ever since they were a little child. And so just to see that, it was just absolutely amazing. So compassion for God's creation, for animals and nature. Where do we stand on this? Um, when a kind of animal is near extinction, we care and we protect it. That is a responsible thing to do. Certain parklands or forests or parts of land, they're a vital part to a community or country. We should be compassionate to God's creation. God cared for every kind of animal when he reset things with the flood. He brought two of each kind to the ark and he restructured this earth for our benefit for us to enjoy. There can also, though, be a disappointing side to a compassionate heart where we may be subject to being a sucker, where we fall into situations where we become vulnerable. So seeking wisdom in these situations is vital also. Learning from our errors, people have been deceptive since the beginning of time and they are only getting better at it. So we have to have a mind of realism. Yes, we must have faith that nothing is impossible for God, but he does give us responsibility. We are able to love and care for others, though we should be watchful not to compromise God's truth. So compassion, even in written text, can be tricky as well. Choosing the correct words to say and putting them together can be a challenge. Sometimes less is better than a whole essay. And even looking at text, um, one interpretation of a written text, I'm sure most of us probably seen a text message and thought, whoa, what's that about? But looking at it from another perspective, there's no big deal in it. It's just, it's just a standard text. And emojis nowadays make things, if you bump the wrong emoji and send that, oh my goodness, you send um, a thumbs up to someone who's just lost a pet, not ideal um, situation for some, not very compassionate. So I, I see compassion in etiquette. So pretty much etiquette is, I see it as common sense and manners, put them together, you get etiquette. And something outside of the written law, instead of seeing, instead of thinking it's not in the rules, so I can do it or I don't have to do it, um, just things like that. So examples: opening the door for someone, saying hello, saying goodbye. If you're in a car park, maybe helping someone guiding them in and out of a park, especially someone who who's got an L plate on their car or someone who's looking a bit unsure, helping them in and out of that. Um, is something we could do. Carrying someone's bags, letting someone know they've dropped something and picking it up for them. Uh, giving up your seat for someone who needs it more than you. Um, driving on the road. Not deliberately holding up traffic for an extended length of time. You know, maybe pull over and uh, let the traffic by. Um, putting your lights on when it's fog or rain, just so other vehicles can see you, not just for safety, but for etiquette. Um, checking if a car's pulled over on the side of the road. Um, sort of assessing things, see if they need assistance or is that one thing you just don't do? You just go, whoop, ignore that car, I'm going. Uh, mind you, there are situations I don't recommend pulling over, but we don't need to go into that. Um, other things, um, sorry, other things might be when someone's starting a new job uh, and appears they could be struggling or understanding their tasks. So it might be something to do, we can help them. If they don't look like they're fitting in with the crew, um, make them welcome do things like that, striking up conversations, make them feel included. In, but in all this, we don't know everyone's story. You see, we don't know what may have happened to them today, 
what happened to them yesterday, last week, last year, 20 years ago. Regardless of that, what is holding us back from showing our love and care, our kindness, our compassion? And if we are a Christian, I believe that is our responsibility and an opportunity to show Christ's love. Another story I was thinking of a couple of days ago too, when um, we love Fraser Island, going to visit Fraser Island and Morton Island, both those two islands. Um, that's what we love. We love the beach, the fishing, the sand, nothing like a sandy crack to get you moving. Um, that's sand in your pants. I'm allowed to say that. Yep. So um, we love going there. And what we would do when we go to Fraser, we stay on the eastern side. That's where the better fishing and um, a lot more things are closer. So on the last day when we leave the island, we generally tee it up. We drive back over to the western side. Kingfisher Bay Resort is on the western side of Fraser Island. That's where we catch our barge normally from, from Riverheads near Harvey Bay over to Kingfisher Bay. So we make it back there. We usually go to Kingfisher Bay, have lunch, and then hang around and hop on the barge to take us back. And this one time, our barge didn't leave from Kingfisher Bay Resort. It's um, Wangulba Creek. It's another creek just south. It's probably about a 45-minute drive down to this other jetty. So this year, that's where our ferry was leaving. And we had some friends with us, and they had a bit of problem with their suspension in their car, so they'd, they'd left early. And we thought we'd give ourselves yeah, enough time to get there. Anyway, so we leave the resort to head down to the barge, and we only get five minutes out of Kingfisher Bay and like this traffic stopped and there's traffic and traffic like, oh, what's going on here? So anyway, as which it happens, common in Fraser on a track, sometime will be someone will be stuck. So jump out of the car, go up and have a look. And some people who obviously it didn't take long to appear, uneducated in sand driving, four-wheel driving, they didn't really have a four-wheel drive, it was just a normal drive vehicle and the sand was soft and anyway, talking with them in the process they didn't have their tyres let down to initially, which you need for sand, soft, soft sand driving. And in that process, they let all the air out of their tyres then, which was not ideal. And we're thinking, oh, no, we've got to get to this barge. If we don't catch the barge, that means we've got to find a nice accommodation somewhere. Oh, how much is that going to cost? And then what have we got to do? I've got to get back to here and that. Anyway, so group of us guys there worked out the situation. We're able to get the snatch strap and hook him up and get him off the road and I talked to the other guy, I pleaded with him, I said, man, can you help him with his tyres because we got to go, like we're going to be late for this barge and he said, yeah, righto. So anyway, all cars started moving out of the way, we got around and so off, righto, and I sort of had to make up a bit of time so I was driving a little bit quicker. Anyway, another five minutes down the road, come around the corner, another car, thinking, oh, you're kidding me. And, and I look at Rachel and I go, I've got to help him and she said, yes, you do. Anyway, so when we're on Fraser, I let Rach do the stressing, I do the driving. That's how it works. So this guy's pulled over. Anyway, so we just helped this guy. Same deal. Rushed out, got the stash trap, went out, hooked him up, pulled him out. Thanks, mate. See ya. So we're off. And we, and now we have lost time, serious time. So we're heading and we look at the clock thinking there's no way we're going to make this. So I may have broken a few Fraser on speed rules that day, but it's okay. We were driving a Hilux, so we were all good. And, um, but I know, I know now in, in that, taking that time, that stop to see someone who else needed help, helping them, we were blessed in being able to make that barge. Our friends 
<laughs> one of our friends was sweet-talking the captain of the barge at the time. He said, we've got friends coming. Please just wait. Please just wait. They're on a strict schedule. They can't wait. They're not supposed to wait. They're meant to go and leave. So she was talking to him and just pleading with him to wait. And from the barge, you could see down this track across like a few k's away, you could see part of the sand track. And they go, look, they're coming. And at that point, still another few minutes, he goes, I've got to go. And she pleaded with him, please stay, please stay. And he waited for us. And I think it might have been 10 minutes late. We held him up for 10 minutes, which is something that they just don't do. They got schedules to meet. So by taking that, I believe we were rewarded in being able to make that trip back and not have to find accommodation and whatever for that. So in saying that, taking that time to help, you will be rewarded. I believe that. Back to where I was. So compassion is a character trait of God. But even those who don't know Christ can still have Christ's character in them. Because man was made in the image of God, all people are able to be part of his family. All have the opportunity to be children of God. And as I mentioned before, the Gospels are full of Jesus' compassion for others. The Compassion Organisation's focus is for children and releasing them from poverty in Jesus' name so they can be the next godly generation, responsible, wise and educated to impact their homes and communities and their countries. They have a heart and an eye to see where help and hope is needed. So maybe you have received an act of compassion from someone at some time. I'd highly doubt it if you hadn't. And I'm sure that you were very grateful of that moment. So why would it not be a wonderful thing to be able to live a life with a compassionate heart? A compassionate heart like Jesus, a compassionate, being a Mr. Jensen. And whether you have realised it or not, God has displayed his compassion for you. The ultimate act when he knew that our sin was holding us back from direct fellowship with him, he allowed his only son Jesus to take down that wall to bind up all our wrongs, our shortfalls, all of our sin and deal with that forever through the suffering of his son Jesus on the cross so that we now have direct access with the Father and a promise of an eternal home. So, And that is after our time is finished here. So let's look forward to that promise and along the way show a little compassion. Maybe, just maybe, miracles might happen through that. I'm just going to pray now as the worship team comes back up and um, finish off with a couple more songs. So just bow your heads, close your eyes. Our loving Lord, Father, thank you for your son, for making that change in our lives, for making it possible to discover new ways to have a relationship with you, that making that connection possible for us. Lord, for making it possible for us to be able to see, hear, notice when someone is being mistreated, when someone is suffering in some way, someone just needs a little bit of help, maybe it's just a kind word or anything like that. Father, let us not turn away in those situations, but first, Seek you and say, what can I do here? 
Father, continue to guide us in that. Soften our hearts that we may be more attentive to what you're asking us to do. Thank you for this time now. I ask that you bless each one here and guide us into this week. And these things I pray. Amen.